This episode of Uncontrolled Airspace is made possible by the support of our generous listeners. For over seven years, we've been thrilled to enjoy the financial support and useful feedback of our awesome listeners. For information on how you can join the conversation in our forums, put something in the UCAP tip jar, or even become an underwriter of a UCAP episode, visit the UCAP homepage at uncontrolledairspace.com. You're in Uncontrolled Airspace. EAA Radio welcomes back the long-running general aviation podcast, Uncontrolled Airspace, to share the microphone for 90 minutes of virtual hangar flying. Now, here are the voices in your head, the UCAP gang, editor Jeb Burnside, journalist Dave Higdon, and new media producer Jack Hodgson. Good morning, Oshkosh, and uh, welcome to Uncontrolled Airspace, the general aviation podcast. Uh, I'm Jack Hodgson, and I'm here with uh, two of my uh, aviation cohorts here. Uh, Jeb Burnside is here, and uh, Amy Laboda is with us. And uh, we are recording this episode this morning on location from the flight line of AirVenture 2014. We are out here on the announcer stand, out on the very edge of the uh, flight line, and we've got a terrific view of the uh, the uh, parking grounds out here and the runway uh, six is right in front of us, and we'll be talking about some of the airplanes we're seeing on the grounds and in the air throughout the morning, as well as some of the things that we've seen throughout the week here at AirVenture 2014. To paraphrase Elvis Costello, we're watching the departures. That's right. Uh, good morning, folks. How you doing? Jeb? Amy? Spiffy. Yeah, so... Uh, here we are. We've reached. We're getting close to the end of another close, air venture. Close and, to the uh, end. It's it's been a very very interesting year. It's been a terrific year. It's, but uh, it's been a great year. Um, it had a kind of a, I don't know for me a little bit different vibe than some of the ones I've seen in the past. A good vibe. In but, what way? Um, it, you, you, you throw something well, like that out. No, you have no, to. no. I can I can answer that. Uh, we in, in preparing for this episode, uh, I was looking back through all the things that happened throughout the week, mm-hmm. and and at first I thought, well, I wonder if there were enough things to talk about for an hour and a half. And as I started to make the list, I realized there were all kinds of great things that happened here this week, and uh, so it was it was it was sort of just nice pacing. Very smooth year. There's things every day and there was a lot of variety and, and different kinds of things. And uh, so, uh, you know, there's a fair amount of things that we can we can review for folks to tell them what we saw throughout the week. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. So that was good. Um, before we go any further, just let me point out for people who haven't been uh, listening to our dailies that our, our partner in crime, uh, Dave Higdon, was not able to come to uh, Oshkosh this summer for the show. Um, he's going through some fairly serious family stuff back in Wichita and uh, it was important for him to stay back there this year. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to uh, let people know Dave's fine. Uh, as we've said a couple of times this week, um, he's not sick. He's not in jail. He's not on the run uh, it, this, this uh, time. But uh, uh, he is uh, back in Wichita dealing with the things that he needs to deal with. Um, and, and Dave, if you're listening, I would just want to tell you that you, ha- you and Annie have been in our thoughts all week long, and uh, we wish you the best and hang in there. Yes. We do. Yeah. What's going on this week? We've, like I said, a lot of things have uh, have you know gone past us here. I'm digging frantically for my I notes here. I have never seen you unable to fill an hour and a half of time talking. Yeah, I, I don't. Right? I don't know so that this I've, is going to be a huge challenge. It's more a measure of how much I worry each time about filling an hour. You know, but uh, you know. With, with with Jeb and Dave and now Amy at my side, there will be no problem. Yeah, uh, no, we're, we're, we're not stressed about at this at all. Um, no, it's been a great week for me. Uh, you know, obviously uh, had a uh, 
different set of priorities and a different set of responsibilities uh, right. than I've had in the last couple of years. And, and yeah, you stepped in as the managing editor of AirVenture today I here did. at the show, I and uh, um, we're a big part of uh, producing that terrific publication that uh, uh, came, comes out every morning here at AirVenture and uh, highlights the events of the previous day and the coming day. Yeah, so. it's it's a great team to work with, and it's a it's a privilege and an honor to uh, to uh, be associated yeah. uh, with that publication. So so really, basically, six o'clock last night is the first time you were let out and uh, you got a chance to start seeing what was going on although in, in text form the show passed before your eyes exactly yeah. I, I lived through it vicariously in, yes. in so many ways uh-huh. yeah uh, but did get out finally yesterday and, and saw a little bit of it saw the evening uh, uh, air shows um, uh, communed with some people down in Scholar at Camp Bacon uh, had a had a grand old time and uh, this morning I've been able to uh, uh, start checking boxes off my list of uh, people I wanted to talk to and booths I wanted to visit and uh, some of the other sites I wanted to see. So uh, um, it's all good. Yeah. It's all yeah. good. Yep. Out in front of us here uh, is uh, runway 1836. Uh, uh, airplanes are departing to the south. And uh, the uh, back in the old days when the EAA radio building was right out here on the flight line, we did this this uh, episode from right in front of where they taxi up and get in position. Um, they're a little bit further to the north here, but we can see them. There's a, a VTL Bonanza in position right now getting ready to go. And uh, it's a short line right now. I'm guessing as the morning progresses, that line will lengthen, and we'll see a, a quite a variety of airplanes if the past is any any measure. I see the uh, Ford Tri-motor way up on the north end there, uh, taxiing out to uh, probably get some rides. And uh, the uh, the grounds out here on the flight line are starting to empty out. There's a lot of bare grass, but there's still a lot of airplanes. Um, we see the uh, home-built airplanes to our left, to the north. Um, there yeah. is this the uh, see this is that's the, the that's the Cirrus jet. Cirrus jet right that's here right. on the yes. uh, center taxiway and. Uh, Looks like they're uh, they're loading up for something. I don't know. That's kind of interesting. So there's that, um, and then we've got the uh, the, the Honda uh, Aeroshell uh, T6 team is parked on the grass right out in front of us. Uh, to our right, to the south, uh, we get into the vintage and classic airplane areas uh, where uh, oh, just all kinds of air- is this, this is a Fairchild. Is this a Fairchild? No, it's not a Fairchild. That's a uh, another trimotor. It's I a- can't. I don't know if that's a Ford or a Fokker. I think it's a Ford. Yeah, so we've got that. There's a bunch of, of uh, Stinson, of, maybe. Yeah, yeah a bunch yes. of uh, biplanes right here in the in the close area around the. Uh, uh, we're out in front of, sort of in front of the uh, vintage red barn, and then down to the further to the south, we get into the uh, the. Uh, um, previous show winners, previous uh, show pre- winners, previous champions, and more vintage and classic aircraft. Oh, and just just cl- some some really really cool airplanes yeah. down that way. And of course, way down to the south, we get to the uh, ultralight area to the uh, the farm, the red barn down there. Where I can't tell if they're flying this morning. I don't see anything in the air in the air, but that's usually a happening place mornings and evenings mm-hmm. uh, where they're flying all kinds of small aircraft down there. One of the things that's been ongoing throughout the week and that was certainly a big kickoff to the week was um, the memorial um, activities remembering the founder of EAA, Paul Poberezny. And uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was very touching um, to see all of the activities throughout the week. I began the week on Sunday evening attending the, uh, the memorial service where they uh, dedicated his uh, name on the, uh, the uh, memory wall there. And uh, very, very sweet uh, uh, ceremony they had there. Very brief but, but touching um, Jack Pelton spoke. Uh, gentleman who I, I don't know his name, but he's the uh, EAA chaplain. Spoke. 
Um, there was some music, live music, and then a, 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 a missing man formation flyby happened um, that evening. And uh, that was very nice and, and, a, and a fitting memorial for Paul, who obviously, goes without saying, did so much for this organization. Um, and then throughout the week, there have been a lot of Paul Memorial stuff going on um, in the member center and, and various uh, presentations and, and uh, memorials throughout the week. And I'm sure that's not going to end this year. Paul will be remembered oh, yes. forever. Oh, yes. Absolutely. What else? How are we doing for time here? Well, we've got a few minutes before we need to break. Um, what's the crowd been like this year? Amy, you've been out and about. Jeb's been, been chained to his desk. But uh, what's your impression been of the crowds this year, Amy? I thought it was a very serious, very focused crowd during the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, vendors seem to be very happy to see them. And what I was told is we are selling out of everything we brought. Yes. I've heard that from numerous vendors, that it was a very, very good week for vendors. Mm-hmm. Um, the crowds were big. The crowds were a little bit, it was kind of hard to gauge the crowds some days because because of the Thunderbirds, they pulled back the front of the show line. And right. so people weren't able to go all the way out as far as they usually did. So they were much more concentrated, you know, back towards, uh, I believe it's what's it called, um, um, Whitman Road here, um, the uh, ro- the paved road that goes through the center of the uh, north-south here in the uh, flight line. Um, so it was very dense in that regard. But... There's no question that it was a huge crowd here this year. Um, whether or not the, the pulling back of the flight line confused you know, the density, I did have reports that that crowd went all the way down to uh, ultralights and all the way up to warbirds. It was, there were a lot of people here. There were a lot of people. And as we had the changing of the guard, as you got into Friday and you started to get the weekend crowd, it, it's got a different feel to it. They tend to go to the air show mm-hmm. where yeah. the weekday crowd, you see fewer of them. On the flight line during the air show, they use it as an opportunity to really get the attention of the vendors in the buildings and make their final purchases Mm -hmm. before they head out. Uh, The North 40 was full. Yeah, and and for the first time in years. For a lot of the week, it was full. For the first time in years, they actually started turning people away from uh, from North 40 parking for numerous days throughout the week, Mm -hmm. um, with the exception of Sploshkosh, which was a different kind of year. A whole different issue, yeah. yeah. But uh, so that was a a measure of the crowd being bigger. And uh, Camp Scholar was full. All the way out to the road. Was I had it really? To, I had really? to drive by Camp. I didn't get all the way out there, but morning, uh, and uh, it it definitely filled up. Campers seemed to be having a very good time. You said you were at Camp uh-huh, Bacon, uh-huh. Um, and they the the drainage issues have been taken care of. Yeah. Nobody complained about No, no, no. The, towards the end of the week, it rained a little bit almost every day. Yeah, there were some um, tents underwater, I'm, I'm told. Um, yeah, and, and as the week progressed, there were some puddles that formed up and never There's drained. an arrival. <laughs> <laughs> what is, Somebody coming in for the show. There you go. What, air, what kind of aircraft is that? That's a tomahawk. That's a tomahawk. Uh-huh. And uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of coming and going, yeah. mostly going, but there's some coming going on here. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, so the crowd has been good. Um, just give you one a little bit more hard stat here is that uh, – um, EAA Chairman of the Board Jack Pelton was quoted uh, in our paper this morning, I believe, um, as saying, you know, they don't have all the numbers yet, no. but their sense is that the numbers were up sharply, I think is the word that was used, and and he said that there probably were numerous days throughout the week where the increase will be double-digit percentage. So that's significant. That's a that's good, good. Yeah, Obviously good for EAA. Makes the show a lot of fun, too. One, so. one, one more data point. I This morning had the opportunity to speak with um, one of the vin- one of the uh, uh, booth babes, if you will. Uh, this particular individual was a gentleman, but uh, uh, selling um, high-performance uh, automobile driver training. And they have several sites around the country and whatnot. And I asked him what, what his show was like, and he kind of paused, and he thought for a second. He said, you know, it's interesting. He says, 
we've only been able to sell the high-ticket items here. They're high-ticket uh, training packages. The, the one-day packages, the, uh, uh, the, the less expensive packages weren't moving at all. Hmm. Well, and and that, what that, that, means. that tells but, uh, me that there were a lot of qualified buyers yeah. here, a lot yeah. of quali- qualified so, customers. Yeah. We've got to take a break in just a minute here, but uh, quickly, uh, 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 lots of beautiful airplanes here. One that was interesting I never got to see, um, our, our friend of UCAP, Jonathan Hardwick, was here with a Cub. Jeb, what was that Cub? That was, it, it, there's a book from maybe 20, 30 years ago, uh, in the, in actually the, the name of, of it escapes me. The author was Rinker Buck. Yeah. Um, um, Help us, somebody here. Yeah, I just flight of passage. Flight of passage. That's there exactly we go. There you right. Go. That's it. And and it was a tale of our uh, cred just dropped. Yeah, I know. We, we, we just, uh, we just yeah. tale of two brothers who had uh, uh, rebuilt a cub and then flown it around the country. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of a, 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 a yeah a fraternal and, bonding thing. And although the Buck family doesn't no longer own this airplane, exactly. this was the plane this is that the, they flew for the, the book. Oh, I the read PA, that article in yeah, Sport Aviation. The yeah. PA11, um, right. completely refurbished. Uh, it was sitting in a uh, good friend of the podcast and, and good friend uh, Jonathan Hardwick's hangar when I stopped off in Chattanooga mm-hmm. uh, a little over a week ago. And then he flew it up here, right? And then it was flown up here. I don't think he flew it. I'm oh, okay. not sure. Right. Um, but it was here on, on display. It's it's magnificent. Yeah, I bet. I wish I had gotten a chance to see it. I'm sure it must be gone. Well, maybe not. I should go I looking for it. You never know. All Anyways, right. lots of beautiful airplanes here at AirVenture 2014. Uh, we'll talk about a few more of them as the uh, hour and a half progresses. Right now, we need to take a break. Uh, you are listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. Broadcasting live from Whitman Field, this is AirVenture on EAA Radio. Oshkosh. They're back with more rich of peak conversation that's just cool enough. It's Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. And we're back on the flight line here at AirVenture 2014 and uh, watching the airplanes take off. And uh, a few arrive, but uh, here's that. Uh, is that this it, is the aircraft that just, that's the Tomahawk? Yeah, it is the Tomahawk. Yeah, just, yeah. just arrived. Yeah. And, uh, Very nice. Get the Tomahawk paint scheme and everything. I know, huh? Yeah. Regular listeners of the podcast will uh, re- perhaps remember us uh, re- on a pretty regular basis saying things like, we'll add that link to the show notes, all right? And what, what we really mean when we say we'll add that link to the show notes, we mean Jeff will add those links to the show notes. <laughs> and we're being joined right now by uh, a very important member of the UCAP team is uh, Jeff Ward. Morning, Jeff. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing just great. Yeah, you, you like it up here. This is pretty fun, I, isn't I it? do. Yeah, this is, a, yeah. this is a great view of the I show. I mean, good people and all, but what a seat. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you you had some fun uh, yesterday. What did you do? I think it was yesterday, right? Yeah, it was yesterday. What did yeah. you do? Yeah, I spent the entire day at the seaplane base uh, as a volunteer uh-huh. working on the dock. That's great. What was that like? It was, it was, well, it's cool. <laughs> 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 it is such a mellow place compared to uh, main base. And, and uh, you know, for the most part, you get to not do all that much walking. And I had been walking solid for two days. Yep. Um, but it's peaceful, uh, the great people down there. And, uh, you know, I learned about uh, uh, receipt, you know, catching incoming uh, mm-hmm. uh, seaplanes and, and launching them and spinning them on the dock. And, uh, right. and then quite a bit of sitting around and watching seaplanes. Right. Yeah. And I also got a ride, so that worked oh, out. That, that's cool. I want to ask you about that. But, yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a, you, know, you talk about the different vibe at AirVenture. The, the seaplane base is it. Um, it's... Uh, <laughs> You know, it's 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 
close by, and there are shuttle buses coming and going from there, so it's it's relatively easy to get to. Um, it gets 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 a little bit neglected, I think, by by the by the mass of you know us GA pilots. But yeah, yeah, but I, you know, I don't think that you know, there's only it's not that big a place. Yeah. So it's good that people come down. Uh, they, they we want all, everybody to show yeah, up. Yeah, they all. And maybe I should say now, you all would rather we all didn't come down. There, oh no, right? no, no, <laughs> no! Everybody should go. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. Um, tell us about your ride. What kind of airplane did you ride in? It was uh, a 172 on floats, um, and it was uh, with a friend of the podcast, uh, Sean Berry. That's right. Yeah. So uh, he, uh, it was actually I had uh, I had gone down to the base the night before as a guest of uh, uh, Sean and Kelly Berry, and and enjoyed some of the hospitality down there. And they, uh, I learned they were short of, of volunteers for the next day, and since I was looking for an opportunity anyway, I said, "Well, sign me up." So, good, good for you. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. cool. Yeah. that's cool. And of course, there was the watermelon social at the end of the day. Uh, so they, uh, they they do their little dinner parties down there. They Don't do. they have like a? They have a corn roast. Is it a corn roast? Yeah, yeah, the corn uh, the corn like roast one is Wednesday. Yeah, right, it's earlier in the week. Yeah. And that's their big. That's evening. the big the big yeah. deal. Big and, thing. And, yeah. uh, and the, the at the watermelon social, they they give out the awards, the seaplane awards, uh, okay, yep. and the volunteer awards, and that sort yeah. of thing. Also, so it was very nice, very cool, yeah. and very cool that you volunteered. I, I try to convince people that's really what you ought to do after you you know I mean, you come to come to Air Adventure, you know, for your first year, even your second, or sometimes even your third year, and the airplanes will do the trick. We never lose interest in the airplanes, but after a while, you're looking for some other things to. To, to fill the time, yeah. and and volunteering is an awesome way of doing that. It is. Um, I, you know, I did it last year for the first time uh, out here on the main airport, and that was great. Yeah. Um, but you meet some great people. You, you really, really meet. You not only meet people, but you make friendships that will last for a long time. And you come back every year, and you, you often. Usually, people will volunteer in the same group every year, and you've got your friends there, and you see them each year, and yep. uh, it's it's a, a a significant part of the air venture experience. So uh, so that's great. That's yep. great. What else is going on here? Uh, the uh, the big, maybe the biggest thing. There were a lot of big things that have happened here this year, but maybe the biggest thing was the One Week Wonder Project, um, which we've been touting here on the podcast since we heard about it a year ago, um, and uh, it did not disappoint. No, um, it did not. It, it was an amazing project. Uh, the, a group of volunteers, helped by thousands of members, uh, have built. A, uh, a a small aircraft, a home-built aircraft throughout the way. I always get the it's a Zodiac, right? It's a Zodiac cruiser. Yeah, a Zodiac cruiser. Uh, uh, Zenith, Zenith cruiser. Zenith. See, yeah. see that's Zenith. what I always keep doing. Around. I knew there was a yeah, Z in there somewhere. Zodiac. That's the problem. It's a, so a Z in there. Somewhere. There's a whole bunch of Z airplanes here, and uh, so that they built that airplane. It's a uh, uh, aluminum. Uh, riveted aircraft, um, and that's what a lot of members were helping out with, popping rivets uh, on that airplane. Um, I, I think we all did. I know did. I know, I know Jeb, yeah. uh, Jeb did. Did you get to pop your rivet? I did. Did get you get to, to go over and pull rivet. your rivet? You know, I did a practice, but the line was so long, I said yeah. I'll come back, and then I just didn't get a chance. And, and, and that's what uh, uh, Charlie Becker of EAA was telling us, is that, is that although they expected members to respond well to it, they were kind of, uh, of, of amazed at how well the members responded to it. The crowd was mesmerized. There was never less than two deep yeah. standing there. Yeah. That's what Charlie that also said. He said yeah. yesterday afternoon during the Thunderbirds was the first time all week long that he saw any openings at the fence around right. the uh, the uh, the shop area there. So it was a tremendously successful project. I mean, so many people were introduced to the uh, to the uh, the process of home building, yeah. and, uh, and and so many people who um, may have only come in for the day to see the Thunderbirds as uh, you know locals, as non pilots, non uh, aviation types. 
um, all of a sudden they're exposed to, whoa, you know, I can build an oh, airplane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think the location was absolutely was brilliant. Oh, I yeah. hope that they do that again next year. Yep. Put an actual project that yeah. people can get their hands on. Mm-hmm. Right in the middle, yeah. right when they walk. Well, and, and I hope they do it again. We, we actually asked Charlie about that yesterday when yeah. we interviewed him. And uh, and I, although I didn't use the metaphor at the time, um, his reaction to that question was a little bit like the person who asks a mom who's coming out of the delivery room, so when are you going to have your next child? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he just kind of like, you know, his eyes kind of like, you know, went, yeah. went all kind of unfocused. Let's get this one out of the hospital right? first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know. And so, but what Charlie told us was that, that they definitely want to do it again. It was, you know both because it was so successful and because it was such a good idea. They want to do it again. It's probably not an annual thing. Um, mm-hmm. He was saying he'd like to see it be every three- to five-year thing. Um, but, uh, you know. Maybe they can fill in with something a little bit less ambitious on, on the in-between Perhaps. years. You know? Well, you know, I don't think they were overly ambitious. I think your timing was a little tough because yesterday was their, their killer push day yeah, right? they, they in were, order to make their inspection right. yeah. this morning. Most, mm-hmm. most nights they managed to wrap up the day, you know, sort of you know, late in the, you know, after the air show or in mid to late afternoon. Mm-hmm. But still last night, they're working on it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, I, but I think also with the uh, Thunderbirds and the night air show last night, I think it was uh, rather uh, appropriate that yes. they were still working on the project yesterday evening when all of the all the the uh, air show attendees were drifting in and out and mm-hmm. and whatnot there's plenty of traffic by that booth and uh, if if I were doing it um, not that anyone at EAA would entrust me with that kind of a project <laughs> but if I were doing it I would clearly try to have uh, uh, the, the work ongoing during that particular yeah. time of the show. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, the expectation is that they will, as they planned all along, taxi that airplane here at, uh, at Air Venture this afternoon. Um, Charlie thought that it would happen. Uh, he wasn't precise about this. Um, he, he said that they were determined to taxi it prior to the beginning of the Thunderbird show right. this afternoon. Right. So in other words, sometime during the air show this afternoon. So if you're still on the grounds or if you're in the area and you want to see the One Week Wonder airplane, this is a little bit of history. This is this is a project that will echo through EAA for it's, years it, to come. It will. And, uh, it will. Um, and to to be part of it, is, it was a thrill. And I'm... I'm and pleased that I was able to do a tiny little part there. So, uh, yeah, one week wonder was excellent. We had a great time over there yesterday. Thanks especially to Charlie Becker. Um, we kind of had just popped in and, and wanted to get Charlie, you know, get ten minutes of Charlie's time, and and uh, uh, probably got too many minutes of yeah, Charlie's. He put time. us to work. <laughs> well, and and uh, we uh, were able to uh, pull some rivets. Uh, we were able to sign the logbook. We were able to. Uh, Help others come in yeah. and pull rivets and make sure they got to sign the logbook, and that was that was a real treat. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, I felt the whole thing, you know, the whole time I was there, I felt like I was in the way, like I was an obstruction that, well, that had to be moved, maneuvered around. Yeah, well, we were we, we definitely entered the process late, and right? Didn't have the flow right. like the rest of those folks but, did. Uh, but that's uh, definitely something I will remember as part of this particular Oshkosh absolutely. Another thing that happened here this week, as usual, the FAA administrator came to town and spoke with EAA members and the public uh, and the general public um, about the situation with aviation these days. Um, Jeb, you didn't get to go to the big uh, uh, meet the boss, uh, meet the administrator session, um, but I know you read about it and you did actually have an opportunity to interview the administrator Mm -hmm. later in the week. Um, Tell us a little bit about what the administrator talked about this week, and I think we're particularly interested in the third-class medical situation. Right. Well, as, as you all know, um, it's been a couple of years now. Uh, AOPA and EAA submitted uh, to the FAA joint petition looking for relief from the uh, third-class medical rule. 
given the history uh, with Sport Pilot, given the history with, with gliders and hot air balloons, question becomes, why do we even need a third-class medical for most private operations, most non-commercial operations? And uh, that's an idea that has uh, uh, kind of taken on a life of its own. Um, Congress has recently gotten into the act in part because the FAA never responded to the EAA slash AOPA petition. So um, Congress said, well, you know, this is not a bad idea, and um, uh, if nothing else, we can stick a thumb in the eye of the agency. Um, so uh, there's been a couple of bills introduced in, in uh, both the uh, one in, in each of the House and the, and the Senate. Um, that tended to get the FAA's attention. Um, prior to that uh, occurring, it was just a couple of small trade associations uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. beating a drum, and then all of a sudden Congress gets involved, and there's more than 100 co-sponsors in the House and, and a pretty substantial number in the Senate also. So FAA kind of sort of had to uh, react in some right. fashion. And so the administrator made some announcements about how they plan to proceed. Exactly. Earlier this year, the FAA came out and said that we will do a rulemaking. Well, that could mean anything. Uh, we, we could do a rulemaking to ban petitions from AOPA and EAA. Uh, there's all kinds of things. So anyway, um, Huerta came in uh, to the uh, uh, Meet the Administrator session on Thursday and announced that there is a rulemaking project. Uh, it is um, something that we will like. It does have, quote, a very, very high priority at the agency. Um, it has, uh, uh, the package has moved on to the DOT, which is the FAA's parent uh, agency, parent department, for its consideration and approval, which is all just part of the, the logical process. Um, but two, it's not a quick process. It's not a quick process. And I was gonna, just going to say two unknowns. First unknown is how long that process will, will take. Um, I would guess two to three years, <laughs> unlike the, the yeah, uh, duration of a third-class medical certificate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, then you have the other unknown, which is, will all of this be enough to satisfy the uh, supporters in Congress who want to see this happen? And I don't have that answer. Right. They could conceivably uh, try to move something uh, on their own. Next year, we will have, uh, uh, beginning in January, uh, according, according to the administrator, we will have the next go-around on reauthorizing the FAA. Oh, that'll be fun, too. It will yeah. be fun. But there's there's certainly uh, stranger things have happened that someone could pop in and say, we're going to tack this, med- this third-class medical bill onto the reauthorization. Ah, that's interesting. Okay. Well, I'm not sure if that'll speed up or slow down the reauthorization. <laughs> I, I, I think it won't have a whole lot of bearing. I think there's going to be a lot of other issues yeah, that so. uh, associated with the reauthorization sure, sure. that will be a problem. So... Progress, m- motion. In- incremental progress. Uh, we, cer- we being uh, the community and, and especially AOPA and EAA, certainly have the administrator's attention yeah. on this topic. And, and if one wants to take any, any uh, you know, kind of be optimistic about this, the administrator did use terms like, we heard you very clearly that uh-huh. you like, you think this is important. Um, he, he used the quote, he said, we, we want to get to yes, is what he yes. said. All right. Yes. Um, so, you know, I guess... I guess this is good. Um, real quickly, because we've got to take a break in just a second, um, other things the administrator uh, uh, talked about that are, are on his mind these well, days? Well, we, we talked about reauthorization uh, specifically, and we talked about, uh, uh, say, the, the uh, taxation rates for aviation gasoline and aviation jet fuel. We, we talked about um, um, a variety of different topics associated with that policy. And um, 
starting in January, you will start to see the FAA articulate what its its plans are for a reauthorization bill. You will certainly see user fees raise their ugly head again. You will certainly see uh, some level of discussion about the, the appropriate mix of services and uh, taxation and revenue vis-a-vis uh, -vis the FAA's programs. Um, I personally think that uh, you will also see uh, some move by the FAA to either further privatize or remove itself from the provision of flight services. Mm -hmm. um, that could take a lot of different forms, uh, but I think that's going to be something the industry is going to need to pay attention to. Yeah. Great. Thank you. We're going to take a quick break here, uh, and uh, we'll be back out here on the flight line where it continues to be gorgeous. What a beautiful day. This, uh, this, it's supposed to get kind of thunderstormy, rainy this afternoon, but right now it's pretty beautiful, and uh, airplanes are starting to line up out there to taxi into position on runway uh, 18 for departure. Yeah, we got a couple, couple of Mustangs. Are those actual Mustangs or the smaller Mustangs? I don't know. The scale I is kind of funny. Those are the 51 percenters. Yeah, they're smaller Mustangs, I think. But yeah, yeah. Uh, four of them taxiing into position for takeoff. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll be back in a few minutes. We're going to be joined by... Uh, uh, good friends James Winbrandt and Rick Reynolds who are going to uh, perform one of their Air Venture songs for us, so that'll be kind of cool. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. This is the voice of EAA, EAA Radio, 96.5 FM, 1210 AM, and online at eaaradio.net. And we're back out here on the flight line of AirVenture 2014. I'm Jack Hodgson. Uh, I'm here with uh, my cohorts, uh, Jeb Burnside and Amy Laboda. Uh, Jeff Ward is here with us as well. And we are now joined by two more friends of the podcast. Uh, one of the official members of the UCAP gang, James Winbrandt, is here. Hi, James. Hey, how you doing? And our, our EAA pal, Rick Reynolds, is here. Hi, Rick. How are you? Morning, Jack. You're like Jeb, one of those folks who was chained to a desk all week long. Pretty so, much. Uh, you're yeah. getting out and getting some fresh air here for the first time all week long. A little and, thicker uh, air today, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so... Uh, uh, and, and I should point out, as usual, that you're, you, you're EAA staff, so uh, right. you have a very different perspective on, on the uh, on the fly-in um, each year and as the week progresses. But uh, how, how was the week from your perspective? I think that we did uh, an admirable job of getting the paper out every day, and everyone worked a little bit harder. We're man down this year, obviously. Yep. And uh, so, uh, you know, no complaints here. Yeah. Been getting some compliments, so... Very good. good. Well, there all should good. be compliments. James, how about you? You, So you are, are here this week. You're one of the reporters for the AirVenture Today newspaper. You're also sort of covering the show on uh, for on behalf of other publications that you write for. How, what did, what's your perspective of, of AirVenture 2014? Uh, I think it's been a great show talking to the vendors. Certainly you get that impression cemented. They all report great booth traffic, great sales. There's been new products. We've seen some... Uh, introductions of new aircraft so it's been really an exciting show and uh, we've got a few more hours left to go of it yeah i know huh um any any particular news story or pr new product or, or happening this week that uh, you think is particularly notable well there have really been a number of them but i think adsb certainly is on everybody's lips if you're talking about new products uh also we've seen some exciting new uh, concepts of aircraft, the MVP, which sort of started off the show in a very innovative way of the product introduction of that Trifibian, and it's just going on from there. The Thunderbirds obviously bringing back, this is, uh, the, you couldn't have a bigger sort of contrast with 
the sequestration edition of Air Venture last year. <laughs> okay, I'm sure they'll. They, I'm sure everyone loves you calling it that. But yeah, okay. Um, don't quester me, baby. Yeah, don't questrate me. <laughs> uh, that's right. That was one of your songs. And, yeah. and speaking of which, so uh, it's becoming a bit of a of a uh, uncontrolled airspace tradition for uh, you two, occasionally joined by others, to uh, perform uh, one of your uh, one of your uh, catalog of of Air Venture's uh, special songs and. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, you don't have a new song for us this year, but uh, but you've got quite a catalog. We've been talking for a couple of years now about you doing an album. I think you really should. Well, we have talked about it, and I think that would be perfect because we can label it as experimental music and require listeners to create at least 51% of the album themselves. <laughs> and take deposits now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think we're on to something here. Source of interest. <laughs> right. So... Uh, so you're going to perform. You're going to perform actually two songs for us here. One from your Air Venture uh, uh, catalog, yes. and and then another one that's kind of a special piece. Um, first of all, I believe Air Venture song. What are you going to do? We're going to do Rock Your Wings. Oh, one of my favorites. Awesome. Oh, thank you. Okay, go for it. Here we go. kind of nervous even with a traffic service though I read the fist procedure like the Bible 1.6 from the inbound fix I was set up for the ripping arrival already had the 80s I said man this is the greatest as I thought about where I was aviating Yes, ma'am, no, tam, damn, I hit a grand slam. The world's greatest air show is awaiting. I had the proper freakings. God turned on my beacon, but I worried the approach would overwhelm. But I felt just like Bob Hoover executing this maneuver when I heard the air controller tell me. Rock your wings, rock your wings, rock your wings if you copy Rock them up and down Rock your wings, rock your wings, rock your wings everybody You're looking good from the ground You're on the route, pilots dream about the whole wide world around So rock your wings, rock your wings, rock your wings everybody You're Oshkosh inbound So I rocked him and I rolled him in sign language. My wings told him I was ready, I was willing, I was listening. <laughs> so for pleasure, not survival, we rocked down toward the revival. In the distance, we obeyed those waters glistening. Yes, we all flew the procedure with that one defining feature that we practiced as we rocked and rolled along. I could see the wings of wagon, high wing, low wing, tail dragon. Is everyone on street? Sing this song. I rock your wings, rock your wings, rock your wings. If you copy, I rock them up and down. I rock your wings, rock your wings, rock your wings. Everybody, I rock them all around. You reach the place every cub and ace considers hallowed ground. So rock your wings, rock your wings, rock your wings. Everybody, your eyes cast inbound. Welcome. 
our wheels touch the ground. So rock your wings, rock your wings, rock your wings, everybody. Your Oshkosh is down. Rockin' action must have sparked a chain reaction peculiar to the arts of aviation. Cause every airplane in the sky from way down low to way up high began to rock their wings to some kind of vibration. I could see the sun's reflection as they turned in our direction in a manner that you had to keep your eyes on. Then the planes began a flocking while their wings kept on a rocking, and more were coming over the horizon. There was Cestas, Moonies, Diamonds, Lancers, Mustangs, Arby's, Champs, and Emperors, names enough to fill a hundred stanzas. Cirrus, Husky, Extra, Viper, Boeing, Airbus, Raptor, Viper, Learjets, Kestrels, Merlins, and Bonanzas. And the swarm just kept a-coming, and the air began a-humming. And like their wings, oh, how my heart fluttered. And I knew they'd fit right in when they sang in unison, before the air controller even uttered. I rock your wings, rock your wings, rock your wings if you copy. I rock them up and down. I rock your wings, rock your wings, rock your wings, everybody. I rock them all around. I don't mean to boast, but we're proud to host the show that's made us world-renowned. So rock your wings, rock your wings, rock your wings, everybody. Your Oshkosh in down. One more time, rock them. Your landing spot is on the yellow dock. Watch the flagman and monitor ground. And rock your wings. Rock your wings. Rock your wings. Your Oshkosh is down. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. I love that song. Thank That's terrific. Much, That's right. That's great. I don't know if you can hear it. we still got a lot of airplanes coming and going. I mean, there was a real full-size P- uh, P-51 went by a few minutes ago. and uh, well, lots that's of things who that happened. was. <laughs> yeah. got my bad. I made a noise. Yeah. So we've got one other uh, piece that you guys want to do. Just a very small yeah, snippet. And just uh, give us a little introduction. What's what's this all about? Well, it's just a little message to a friend that we have. Okay, uh, great. Not with us this week. Okay. And, and, uh, uh, and your friend, we, we uh, are missing our friend and sending our best wishes. Great. Go for it. Thank you. 
Thank you so much. James Winbrandt and Rick Reynolds. Thank we you. really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Hey, you're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. Hi, I'm Chris Hadfield, commander of the International Space Station, and you're listening to EAA Radio. Welcome again to another installment of As the Prop Turns. When last they met, the members of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast were participating as private individuals. Their comments did not represent the views of the organizations they worked for. On today's episode, the boys will agree that anything heard on this podcast sounding like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. Jack rushes to the virtual hangar to say you should always consider your own situation and remember your training. Jeb and Dave will agree that above all, when aviating, you should fly the airplane. And you, loyal listener, you knew that. Just so you know, no cats were converted into quadcopters in the making of this program. Back now to Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. That Mike Morgan just has no respect for what we do he, here. He really doesn't. I, I, I don't know what to do about that situation. But yeah. we'll, have to have a, we'll have to have another board meeting. Yeah, exactly. That will come up. Yes. But, yeah, right. Finally, I won't be the only thing that comes up at the next board meeting. Well, you won't be the only thing, no. We're back on the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast out here on the flight line of AirVenture 2014. Um, I, you know, I, I, every time I keep talking about what we're seeing here, but you just can't imagine how beautiful what we're seeing is here. Um, we uh, Ford TriMotor just rolled by, uh, just landed. the uh, uh, Corsair. Corsair. James, uh, yeah, so I should just tell you, uh, of course, Jeb and Amy are still with us. Jeff, is, uh, Jeff Ward is still with us. And uh, James Winbrand, who just entertained us with some music, has stuck around. And uh, so we'll continue to talk a little bit about the... Uh, the uh, 2014 edition of the fly-in, and uh, tell you a little bit about what we're seeing out here. Oh, there's a helicopter. What is that? An Apache? A black? That's an Apache, a, uh, I believe. It's Cobra. A Cobra. Cobra. All right. Privately owned, as I understand it. Wow. Yeah, I know. Didn't huh? know you could. I know. You think we have problems? Why? <laughs> <laughs> you think we have problems with the price of fuel? Yeah, uh, well, you know, own a own a private Cobra. That would be yeah. something here. So yeah, a lot of airplanes starting to uh, line up here. Oh, the uh, Aeroshell uh, Honda folks. I've had their propellers spinning, and yeah, they're they're all warmed up. Uh, so it means we're going to hear some noise sometime it, too. Matt Yunkin's <laughs> Beach 18 is is in the queue. Yep. Uh, the the somebody's Corsair F4U Corsair is in the queue. There's uh, a little acro plane out here. A in couple front of, of the RVs. Uh, Cap 10, I think that is. I think uh, you're right. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, it's kind of almost rush hour here. Yeah. Is uh, that Patty Wagstaff's airplane? It I could. See? It could be. It's that kind of color scheme. It's you're that, right. Yeah. It yeah. could be Patty. So. Um, uh, they, one of the things that happened last evening here at the at the uh, show was uh, one of two night air shows that they did, night air show and uh, fireworks. And uh, they, it's always kind of a spectacular thing to see people flying airplanes after dark with fire sprouting off of the wings and whatnot. In, on purpose. On purpose, on purpose. <laughs> right. right. But uh, this year's edition here at AirVenture was particularly outstanding. I, I heard from a great many people um, how much of a they, they were really raving about the uh, the fun and the excitement and the beauty of, of that night air show. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to see it, put it on your calendar for next year because it was it was pretty cool. Uh, Jeb, you've had comments a couple of different times of what it must have been like though when they were first planning. I, I, yeah, I wasn't going to go there, but you got you got to wonder, you know, what what was the reaction when somebody walks into the FISDO and says, "Yeah, we we want to do this night air show thing." 
And what we're going to do is, is we're going to equip a bunch of airplanes with pyrotechnics, and we just need you to sign this little piece of paper to, to make sure that's okay. Yeah, And right. fly along a flight line where there happens to be a lot of right. explosives that will be right. set off later in the show. And a lot of innocent people watching the whole thing. <laughs> that's uh, amazing. So, yeah, uh, it's a, a credit um, in that vein to, to the people that are organizing the air shows. And, and also to the FAA for that little bit of leap of faith. Yeah. It looks like we're going to have a mass departure of yeah, the gotta, air show uh-huh. performers. We're going to have a lot of round engines here oh. going, to, going to full chat real soon. I see, because we've got one, two, three, four, five. Oh, and the uh, aeroshell Honda folks. Are, everybody's out on the ta- on the runway taxiing into uh, uh, lineup and wait. Y'all be careful out there. Yeah, really. Here. So this is going to get kind of interesting. While we're waiting for that to happen... Um, Another thing that's been going on all week long that was kind of cool and, and new this year for Air Venture, anyways, is the uh, Valdez short takeoff and landing folks, yeah. um, which was uh, quite a demonstration. They brought them. So it, you may be familiar from these folks uh, on YouTube. Um, there's actually an event that happens on a regular basis up in Alaska, and it's become kind of popular on YouTube where the, the videos of these these folks making uh, very, very short take, takeoffs and landings, uh, not all always successful is, is part of the fun. Um, and they've You been mean do- by hitting the spot, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, that's right. And so they've been doing that out on the on the big runway all week long during the air show, during the showcases, and that was fun. On Friday evening, they all moved down to the, after the air show was over, they moved down to the ultralight field where they were all playing out on the grass strip there and uh, attracted what I personally think is the biggest crowd I have ever seen at down at the farm, down on what the ultralight field. Hoot. I mean, there was just a huge crowd of people down there watching these guys uh, fly in and out and go round and round. They'd, they'd fly in really slow, as they do, um, touch down on the spot, come to a stop real quickly, and then they'd immediately you know, go full power and roll out and take off at these crazy steep climbs. And uh, it, was, it's, it was a lot of fun. That was a big thing throughout the week. So, uh, you know, um, another thing, we're going to get interrupted any second here by a lot of noise, but uh, Jeb, uh, you also met with uh, Senator Inhofe. I did. Uh, to uh, talk a little bit about some of the uh, serious matters of aviation. Um, his big thing this year, as I understand it, is the pilot Pilots' Bill of Rights 2. Yes, indeed. Uh, What's that all about? Well, the senator a couple of years ago uh, developed a, a piece of legislation called the Pilots' Bill of Rights, and it sought to clean up some of the uh, uh, vagaries, if you will, in the FAA's enforcement policies and, and the rights of airmen um, within the FAA when they're involved in a, uh, an enforcement action. Um, that was enacted in uh, 2012. We've got two years of experience with it. The senator is, is somewhat dissatisfied, disappointed perhaps would be a better word, with the FAA's implementation of that uh, that two-year-old legislation. Yep, yep. Here we go. You're probably hearing yeah, it right now. The T-6s are rolling out. The uh, Honda Aeroshell uh, aer- aerobatic team, two of the T-6s are on the roll, and now two, the other now two, two are starting. Uh, they're a little bit behind them. And then we're going to get another T-6 and that... Uh, um, Oh, you know, there's some very lucky people in those airplanes. Right, yeah. These are the demo flights, right. the aerobatic demo uh-huh. flights. All those airplanes had had one lucky person. We, yeah. we've, Jeb and I, we, we've had here in the last two minutes probably just a really great cross-section of, of general aviation. Yeah. Air, and our, we've had air coops. We've had Twinkies. We've had Barons. We've had an F4U Corsair. We've had AT6s. Yep. We've got uh, the uh, Cobra helicopter is, is spooling up. Yeah, the rotors We've are spooling up. We've got a Piper uh, uh, a Meridian or a Jet Prop Deluxe down here spooling up. It's, pro- it's PT6. Yeah. You've got a, a 185 Skywagon taxiing up the runway. 
a Comanche, two Comanches, a Cherokee, another air coop. Um, it, it's just, you it's know, uh, yeah. an airplane spotter's wet dream <laughs> yeah, out here. Okay. All right, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, going back to Senator Inhofe. Yes. Um, he's, as I say, disappointed in the way the FAA has uh, implemented the original Pilot's Bill of Rights. So he's uh, looking to introduce a second version of Pilot's Bill of Rights to uh, and is uh, seeking a lot of input from from pilots on on what should be in it, uh, how to really fix some of the uh, the problems the senators uncovered, and uh, that's one of the reasons he was here this year. Mm-hmm. Actually, this is his thirty fifth consecutive. That's very impressive. You got you got to give him props for that. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, so to speak, props. You, you get so, it. Okay. Yeah. There's a pun I, I got in, it. It was very punny. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, anyways. Uh, other notable airplanes, uh, and, and it's, you know, I mean, you just kind of start digging yourself a big hole when you're trying to list yeah, notable you, airplanes. You, you can't name just one. It's yeah. like a Lay's potato chip. Um, one airplane. They're all notable. They are. Well, they are, of course. Um, we got a, a, a military jet, a Warbird jet. That's uh, an L-39. I'm sorry, 29. 29. That's on... Oh, no, it's launching. I couldn't tell if he was rolling out or, or, or taking off, but he's taking off. Definitely uh, taking off now. Yeah. And uh, one airplane I saw uh, while I was well, before we started recording, the uh, the uh, GB uh, was down here and right. tax- taxied yeah. out. I don't know if it departed. Oh, it did. Yeah, I, I saw, saw it depart. I, I saw did. it from a distance, yeah. Yep. I'm sad to say I never got to see that airplane fly here this week. I was looking forward to that, but... Uh, that's a strange airplane, I'll tell you. It's uh, it does fly. I witnessed it okay. just this morning. Uh huh. Um, yeah, the, the traffic's really picked up. What is that? The that's black... a Swift, isn't it? No, the red one's a Swift. Yeah. The one taking no, no, off. The... I want to say that's a, maybe a Stinson Detroiter. Oh, is that cool. yeah, okay? It's Single a, engine, high wing, high large wing aircraft, cabin, uh, high wing cabin monoplane from the 30s. Yeah. So, so uh, I, I probably have the type completely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we saw the GB. Uh, what else is going on? We talk about the. I've seen a lot of new. I want to see it again next year. Products and, right. and in that are home built kit airplanes that I really do hope they get it together and they come back next year mm-hmm. with a flying prototype. Right. I saw a lot of that this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, tri motors on uh, on short final here, about to touch down on one eight. Jeb, uh, you also got a float plane ride. I did. Thanks uh, again to Sean Barry for that. And and I and I ask you to describe it, um, if only because you are also a float plane or you know seaplane rated, seaplane C- uh, rated uh, pilot. What yeah. was the flight like? What did you guys do? Did you just kind of go up and around? Or? We, we just kind of went. I I never seen the seaplane base from the air, and uh, I never seen Sean's airplane, which is recently acquired. So he was uh, kind and gracious enough to give me a ride. I was uh, first of all impressed with. Uh, the quality of the operation uh, out there at the seaplane base. The volunteers, uh, as, as uh, Jeff knows well, uh, have, a, have a significant role uh, out there, both from uh, keeping the, the train on time, but uh, also from ensuring safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean's a, a great uh, seaplane pilot. Uh, I was, I was, I, I, I wasn't pessimistic. I was curious mm-hmm. as to how a Skyhawk on straight flows will get off the water. Sean's airplane has a couple of add-ons to it that make it a little bit more powerful than the norm. But nevertheless, I was very impressed yeah. with the short distance required to get up off the water. Uh, airplane handled great. Uh, a lot of fun looking down on the seaplane base and uh, uh, how it's nestled in 
right next to the Delta, right next to Oshkosh's Delta. Right. Uh, Warbird Island, which is one of the checkpoints for uh, Warbird operations coming back into Oshkosh, is, is right adjacent to the seaplane base. Um, so all of that juxtaposition of airspace and uh, procedures, uh, you can't get up over like four or 500 AGL uh, in that area. Uh, it's all incredibly interesting. Yeah. Uh, I you look know, forward to the opportunity to do that all again. We speak with envy about the fact that the ultralight folks get to fly here in the morning and the afternoon. At the seaplane base, they get to fly all the time, they get right? To fly all, all the time. You know, uh, uh, presuming they stick with the procedure. Yeah, there's procedures to stay clear of the uh, of this airspace, but it's pretty close by, and they get to fly all the time here. T twenty eight. T twenty eight just taken off in front of us here. Uh, as you can hear, the uh, traffic's picking up. The Cobra's spinning its rotor. We'll probably get to see that take off in a little bit. We might feel it too. yeah we might feel it and uh but while we're doing that we're going to take a quick break you're listening to a special episode of uncontrolled airspace on eaa radio you're tuned to eaa radio the voice of eaa 96.5 fm 1210 a.m and online at eaaradio.net you know jeb burnside really does wear piper yellow seconite cargo shorts thank goodness this is not tv more now of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. Thank goodness it's yeah. not TV in yeah, so Mike, many other ways as well. Yeah. Mike, we're, we're going to remember you. Yeah, we're going to have to. Yeah, Something will happen. But something anyways, welcome back. This is a, We're out on the flight line of AirVenture 2014 with Uncontrolled Airspace. And uh, uh, the Cobra took off, as we thought it would, uh, during the break there. Um, there, was a, there was a gentle breeze. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, that's just a, that's an impressive-looking aircraft. Because it, it just lifted up off the spot here um, on the, on the uh, intersection on the taxiway. And 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 just going slowly, I, I heard like I heard music from Apocalypse Now. You know, it was just, I mean, it was just like took it and swooped down the uh, parallel taxiway, and then presumably got the clearance to uh, rise up a little bit more and, and go out over the runway and depart to the south. That was an impressive aircraft taking off here. As are these. Yeah, these. Uh, tell us what they are. T thirty threes. There you go. Uh, a couple of uh, Warbird jets taken off in front of us here. Preceded by a very nice-looking uh, MiG-15 or 17. Yeah, in camo paint. Yeah, now, those are not the only jets that were here this not week. Not the only jets. Uh, the Sonics jet flew a couple times during the week. Now, there's a cool little airplane. Is. This is a, a little one-seat uh, home-built, or I guess it's a home-built, right? Uh, yeah. They're actually selling them already built. Are they really? Yeah. So that's the traditional Sonics that's been well, around they, for a while. They have some quick-built kits that okay, if you great. are prepared to register it, in the, I guess, experimental show plane, then you are relieved of the 51% rule. Yeah. So that, that's an interesting program because one would have thought that you couldn't do a, that small an aircraft with an actual jet on it. And, uh, Jeb, I think it was you who one time told me that the problem with making smaller and smaller jet engines was that the materials at, re- at a certain point broke down. You couldn't make them smaller and still be durable. I don't know if that was me or not, but I certainly understand that kind of a problem. Um, and what's changed? Why are they able to make jet engines that are small enough to put on a little Sonic? I, I would think two things. One is just improvements in the metallurgy. Um, Material and, science. And, yeah, right. Material science and, and CAD cam manufacturing, getting the tolerances right, etc. I think the second thing, though, is uh, there's a market for that kind of thing. And we have a lot of, you walk around the grounds, you'll, you'll see some of it. Um, a lot of people who have taken, say, a, a ground power unit power plant that you might find on a, on a high-end biz jet, uh, which burns jet A, it's designed to spin and run generators and, and charge the batteries and used on engine starting on some of these aircraft, 
you can take one of those. It's got an exhaust. You can uh, maybe put a, sh- a longer shaft on it, stick a prop on it. Um, you can uh, uh, maybe adjust the uh, some of the internals and, and produce some jet thrust. And uh, some of those engines are finding their way into home builds. And that's what this is. They're using an APU, uh, check-built APU designed for MIGs. Right. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. And they're so reliable. Are they really? They are designed to run and run and run. Oh, once it's started, it will run forever. It's always the starting with the turbine engine. Oh, is it really? Okay. Well, since because years ago, I had a buddy out in California who was a long, easy guy, and he had this, what we at the time thought was kind of a half-baked idea, that he was going to take one of these APU turbines. And retrofit sure. it and put it on his on his long easy, you know. And we were we were torn as as fellow EAA chapter members between being encouraging, all right, and saying, <laughs> I really hope you can't even you, get this thing. You, you really don't want to be deposed for that. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> man, oh man, this yeah. just looks. He, he brought it out on a stand one time to a chapter yeah. meeting and, and mm-hmm. ran it up for us in the parking lot. And we're going, you're going to put that on your long easy? Uh, okay. This is not the uh, the first kit built jet I've ever seen, though. I mean, I, I think as long as maybe ten years ago. I remember seeing uh, a Cree Cree converted right. with two uh, model aircraft turbines mm-hmm. uh, flying in mm-hmm. France. So, what about the BD five? Well, that was inspiration. Okay, yep. Uh, John Monnet said for for his subsonics. But the BD five was Jim B. So anything is possible, right? You know, but. I'm just saying it's yeah. been around a you while. Know, yeah, uh, where, where's Corky yeah. Fornoff when you really want I know, that? right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> the uh, tri-motor over, over here to the south of us is, uh, is, has started its engine as it's taxiing out here. We still haven't figured out what this aircraft is. I mean, we're, we're still clueless as to exactly what it is. You it's thought it was a Ford tri-motor of sorts. I, 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 I think it's, it's not a Stinson, actually. Yeah. Now we think it's a Stinson tri I think tri-motor. it's a Stinson tri-motor. It has beautiful uh, American Airlines Paint, uh, original logo. logo. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the, the rear fuselage on a Ford, I think, is flat, parallel to the ground. Right. That's curved. It almost looks like it has vortex generators almost, on, the, wing, on it, the tops of the wings. It yeah. almost does. But it has yeah. a lot of stuff on the top. Yeah, and this has the smooth metal work. It's oh. not the corrugated yeah. you know, metal. Those, those are known as drag generators. Yeah, so <laughs> there, are, there are UCAP listeners all over the America and the world right now hollering at their iPods saying, it's a this. All right, they'll tell us later on. They'll fill us in. And it's a shame we don't have some device. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Yeah. Now, and I was going to say, they'll tell us what it is, and, and we, or Jeff, will put it in the show notes. <laughs> I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Um, Another big thing that happened here this week, at least big in the UCAP universe, is that we held uh, the latest edition of our annual tie-down party uh, here at, at AirVenture. We have a, a really a great time uh, inviting uh, UCAP listeners to come by and, and say hi and, and uh, lift an adult beverage or a soft drink and, and eat some junky snacks. And uh, we just have a good old time out on the lawn over there at the northwest corner of the, uh, of the airport. Um, first of all, big thanks to Jeff, who's still here with us, uh, Jeff Ward, and uh, Jim Goldman. Uh, the two of them have become our party planners. They just don't really realize what they've gotten themselves into because we're, we're for, it's starting to dawn yeah on. forever for as long as they're willing to do this we're going to let them do it if only because they're doing a terrific job oh really it's are. fabulous you, know? you go and, to the uh, trunk of somebody's car and there's all the snacks and you can pick your beverage of choice yeah, yeah. And, although uh, is this the first year it hailed on you it didn't hail on us <laughs> all right <laughs> it did rain pretty hard for a brief period of time and that was the first time i've worried about that every year for for years now and uh, but it really wasn't i you know i thought it would just kill the party and it didn't we all just kind of retreated under the cover of the carport there at the hotel and uh, and uh, and waited out the rain and then went back out to the lawn and uh, we had a good time yeah, yeah. Yeah, we just get to be good friends under the portico. That's yeah, yeah, it was cozy yeah. underneath the exactly. carport there. So, so thanks to all the listeners that came out to visit with us. That's Very just, much. So that, that's one of the high points of the week for me. It, every, for every me year. too. Yeah, and, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, 
just you know continually hum- humbled and, and uh, yeah. uh, very happy to see everybody yeah. show up. And what happens every year that's very cool is in addition to the tr- terrific selection of beers that that, that Jim and Jeff selected, uh, occasionally, it, almost every year, two or three listeners will bring some sort of local brew, either from the Wisconsin area or from their home, and uh, and and will contribute that to the to the ice ice chest, and that's kind of fun too. So uh, um, they're almost all excellent beers. We're not fond of the berry beers. The the fruit flavored beers are not no my not favorite. working for me. We not just working. had one case of blueberry this time. Yeah. That's all. A case? So. No. Okay. A twelve. I don't mind hard cider. See, that will come up at the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> that will come up at the yeah. meeting. So uh, thank you to everybody, uh, uh, UCAP listeners, who are going to be at AirVenture 2015. Uh, it's not too soon to put the uh, Thursday night of that week on your calendar. Yeah, I'm going to take some of that home with me. Uh, the the left- berry beer? The, the, no. The leftover uh, <laughs> other other flavors. I think I'm going to have to change my call sign to Five One Sierra Heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be a. a you, you've got a little bit of stuff to add to your load. Yeah. Um, another big story this week. Another big introduction is an airplane that's in the very, very early stages of development, but it's it's kind of intriguing, and that's the MVP. The uh, I believe the company's called MVP Aero, and they introduced to us this year an airplane that some people compare to the Icon. The uh, kind of cool-shaped, folding wings, uh, amphib kind of aircraft. Um, they've kind of gone a slightly different direction and built what I think even they are calling um, uh, a, a flying bass boat. Um, <laughs> well, the Icon doesn't have a hammock option, right. I know. The, uh, the, the MVP, which they say stands for Most Versatile Plane, right, is, uh, is a, a, a two-seat amphib that uh, um, the wings fold, as you might imagine. Um, and The canopy not only opens, but the entire canopy and front section of the airplane, basically everything forward of the seats. Including the instrument panel. Yeah, yep. but, they, but they, and separately, though. First, the canopy opens, mm-hmm. and it actually rises up, not only opens, but it rises up over their head and kind of stows behind the pile, the seats, and to get really out of the way, um, the, the instrument panel stows away somehow. I think it also rises up. Yes. The floors kind of fold out to make a flat deck. They can actually take the passenger seat and turn it into that kind of a bass, you know, fishing chair, and, and you can actually use it, literally, use it as a bass boat once you've landed. There's also a rig to, to, uh, to drape a tent over the uh, whole uh, uh, cockpit area, so you turn it into a sort of a little uh, uh, camper. And you've got a hammock. And there's a you, hammock. You can string between the, the pylon-mounted pusher engine and the vertical stabilizer. And the tent. I so like the hammock. I like so. the hammock idea. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so it's an interesting uh, design. Um, it's in the very, very early stages. They don't even have anything like a, a, a prototype, but they've got a mock-up and a, and a lot they of renderings. They call this actually an engineering prototype. Right. So this is yeah. something they feel is a little and more. It, than in fact, a, they had two prototype. prototypes because they had one full-scale prototype out at the seaplane base, and they had one here at the site. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was an interesting airplane. A few more things to talk about. We've got to take one more break. Um, and uh, they're telling me one minute. Can we go to the break now, or should we get a hold off? We get to blather well, for one another more minute. minute. We, we, we can find something. Yeah, to talk and of course, about. it got quiet. There are no airplanes to talk about. And uh, But uh, uh, what else? The uh, the uh, One of the cool airplanes. That's all right. Yeah? No, I was just going to say, if you've only got a minute, uh, we can. What do you want to talk about? In the, in the category of where's my flying car this year. Okay, yes. Uh, there was a new contender. I just picked up some uh, information. It's called the Samson Switchblade. Oh, yeah, they're and, great um, people. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a flying another flying car concept, and it has uh, folding wings that come out like a switchblade knife mm-hmm. on either side. Um, and then the uh, power unit uh, extends from the back. It's retracted when it's driving. Uh, again, it was—it's a concept at this point. But one thing I noticed—they've—they've just 
haven't bothered to give a nod to the whole light sport thing. They know they need to, to, to go beyond that. And so they've, they're, it's going to be heavier than that. So it was an interesting thing to see. Yeah. Just, uh, very interesting. Very sleek. Very kind of pointy shaped. Uh, yeah. And they're using the three, the three wheel, uh, configuration right. to work, uh, that works better with the highway mm-hmm. side. Of right. Too. Exactly. Yeah. And, and they've done road tests with a road version and, and it, it really does the slalom yeah. fast. And the wings fold forward, which is kind of interesting. It is too. interesting. So, uh, yeah. yeah. What's that called again? The, uh, Samson the Samson Swift. Samson Swift. Swift. Samson Switchblade. 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 Yep. Switchblade. Cool. Anyways, we'll be back for one more segment. We'll wrap this up and, uh, and kind of figure out where we go from here. Um, but uh, you're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. It's a worldwide aviation event that's way beyond what I ever dreamed it would ever be. Thanks, Paul, for everything. This is EAA Radio. Back now with the Mute Button Challenged Hangar Flying Friends at Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. I, re- I really don't recall that we've ever had a problem with it. Oh, no, that's true. We have had a problem with the mute button once, didn't we? Okay, yes. We did have that one. That was, that was a while ago, but okay. Well, we, yes. had, a, we had an episode. Yeah. Uh, that didn't mute? Yeah, that's the one. That's yeah, the one. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, so you kind of forget because we're on our best behavior here. We're trying to avoid anything that well, might require we, we, muting here. We want to be invited back, and, and these gentlemen might take a dim view yeah, of yeah, uh, something know. we might say. Or there was a moment in there where I think, I don't know if we are now, but there was a moment in there during the music segment, and you guys were off headset. I, I'm sitting, standing here thinking, oh, oh, now they'll realize that we're on the big speakers here at AirVenture. And I'm not sure if we are now, but we were there for a little while. And uh, that's, you know. Every problem has a solution. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what else happened here uh, this week? Uh, kind of starting to wrap things up. Um, the, uh, they introduced a documentary about Bob Hoover, um, yes. which apparently is, is, is quite a nice documentary. Um, I didn't get to see it, but I talked to a couple people who did. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of nice. The, uh, the people behind that documentary... Uh, I think it was just previewed or premiered uh, here at, at uh, AirVenture. Uh, Corsair is arriving. Uh, uh, some other round engine airplanes. The shell team is uh, on, on a wide left base um, for 1-8 here. And the uh, uh, Corsair is just touching down. Um, the uh, uh, film about Bob Hoover and his life, I think it's called On the Feathered Edge, uh, is in limited, very, very limited release. I think it's going to expand to a somewhat less limited release in certain uh, certain uh, venues around the country. Uh, they are trying to get it into general release. Uh, don't know how or when that might work. Uh, I, I, I kind of wonder if it might just go kind of beneficially uh, and straight to video so that we can all get it from Amazon or Netflix or something like that. Uh, this sort of an indication either of my lack of attention to what is going on around me or the incredible diversity because yesterday morning going from point A to point B and going by uh, Warbird Alley where they have what I would call a ramphitheater because it's a place big enough to pull a plane onto where they oh, interview okay. the people, men and women who have flown these aircraft. And there's a T-34 mentor or two there, and that's not a very interesting aircraft, maybe in terms of the Warbird universe. So I'm thinking, why is there this huge crowd? And then I hear a voice, and it's Bob Hoover, who's telling about his last escape from a POW camp. So, of course, Point B had to wait for me to get there. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah, that's that's just an incredible story. So many... Facets of, of Bob Hoover's life yeah. are incredible, yeah. and uh, uh, he's known as the pilot's pilot for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
And, and you know, many of us, myself included, are, on, are, are only directly familiar with him from his air show act, which was just spectacular. I mean, to this day, that would be the best air show act on, on, the, on the grounds here. And, uh, you know, all we have now is videos of it, but that's good that we have the videos of it because that was, that was pretty cool. I've always been surprised that nobody tried to kind of, you know, Refurb, restore it, present it as a as a you know revival kind of thing. Um, I think they're smart enough to know that I, there's that only Bob one person had to do it. Had special <laughs> skills. I, I, I think uh, you you leave well enough. Yeah. And as you mentioned, Bob was here this week, and and although he's physically um, you know getting on in years, um, he is apparently very alert and very aware and very involved in, in everything that's going on around him. By all that, reports, he's as sharp as he ever was. Yeah. And apparently, that wicked sense of humor has not faded. So uh-huh. uh, that's a good thing. Um, anyways. So we're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, it's been the, it's the end of a, a, a long but short week. Um, it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, we got a few, few more hours here. Uh, not only we, but anybody who might be in the area to enjoy the last few hours of Air Venture 2014. What do we all got in on our agendas for the day? Um, uh, Jeff, what do you, you you're here for the rest of the day, right? What what are you going to do today? I'm here for a little while longer. Uh, part of what I'm doing is watching this. Uh, I have consulted the Oracle. We now know this is a 1929 Stinson SM6000B trimotor that's just departing. Uh, beautiful airplane. We're going to have to give him a job, I think. <laughs> but, but after we do this, um, I'll probably go down and sit at the end of the runway and watch some uh, departures, which is always just kind of... A yeah. Zen thing to do. Very Zen. That's why I call it meditating. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. then I'll head down to uh, Milwaukee and, and pack myself into a, a human mailing tube and, and head, on head home. to Boston. Yeah. Just just watching these airplanes, and I I just was mesmerized uh, last couple of evenings watching, literally watching the departures from uh, uh, the Super Eight and, and its, it's uh, uh, grass uh, uh, yard, and uh, it's just it's it's restorative. It's soothing. It's uh, confirmatory. It's it's so many different things, and uh, it's necessary. Yeah. Necessary. That's a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. Absolutely necessary. Yeah. It's part of of everything I identify myself with mm-hmm. at this in my life. Yeah, I, I can't imagine being without it. Yeah, I know. I know uh, the feeling exactly. James, what do you got doing the rest of the day? You got any particular things you want to accomplish? I'd like to go by. Of course, we're working all week, so I don't quite get out where we'd right. like to, so I wanted to stop by some people that, who are exhibiting, say hi to them if they're still here, hit the booths, see some of the things I've not had a chance to hear about but only, uh, or see, but have only heard about and read about in AirVenture today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you buy anything, James? Not yet. I haven't had a chance. So today is the day if I'm going to go and get something. And I could use uh, some form of iPad holder for the cockpit. Oh, okay. How do you do that now? Do you just, like, put it on the passenger seat? Yeah, put it on passenger seat, put it on my knee. It sits there, very easy to see. Yeah. Even when, like, coming in on uh, the VOR approach uh, last Friday with the uh, geo-referenced Approach very easy. Just put it down there. I mean, I can't wait for the head-up version. It's Amy. absolutely positively wonderful. You're going to find at least a dozen possible solutions right. to that problem. Yeah. I have been walking around, and I too plan to do some retail therapy this afternoon. We'll meet out <laughs> therapy. Great phrase. Yeah, yeah that's, could, a, that's a chick phrase, but you need to right? understand. That could be the title right there. That might be it. Huh? Uh, Oshkosh retail therapy. Yeah. See me after the show. I need some tips. I can give you the tips. No. No problem. Yeah. Uh, Amy, what are you up to the rest of the day? I, I have it in my list of goals to get to from the South 40 to the North 40. 
It's going to be my, my walking extravaganza. I have my walking shoes yeah. on. They still smell of swamp from Tuesday's <laughs> deluge of rain. Well, thank you so much for that. Amy. We appreciate <laughs> I, I've kept them away from your nose <laughs> okay, all right, politely no, throughout the broadcast. It's the image, not the aroma. <laughs> Um, so uh, now you're going to mount up. Uh, you and Barry are getting into your RV, right? And uh, we will you're, going, you're continuing the adventure, aren't continuing you? Continuing the adventure. Where are you this going? Is, this is the beauty of having if you a want to more space your... and time. We are headed towards Maine. Yeah, uh, my neck of the woods. Your and, neck uh, of the woods. So, uh-huh. uh, and we have every intention of getting some soaring in in Vermont mm-hmm. before we head back to the heat and humidity of Florida. Of Florida. So, uh, so we'll, we'll get you on the podcast to tell us more about that adventure after it's happened. But that'll, Sounds that'll great. That'll be kind of cool. Jeb, well, maybe I should go next. Uh, so what am I going to do this afternoon? Um, I'm, I'm kind of in the, uh, you know, zen, you know, kind of use the force, you know, Luke kind of thing. I'm just going to wander around and see what there is to see and kind of soak up, um, you know, the, the rest of the show. I need to do one more of the exhibit hangers that I haven't really kind of carefully looked at. And... Uh, um, I, the uh, One Week Wonder um, event program has motivated me to go and take a closer look at what's the latest, greatest at the RV at, at Vans. Um, Excellent. And so we'll see what comes out of that. But uh, I'm going to go take a look at that. Uh, might I'll, there be an airplane in uh, your future? Well, you know, there's certainly an airplane in my future. Whether or not I own it or build it or just rent it is the question of the day. But uh, Anyways, uh, Jeb, what are you up to the rest of the day? Pretty much everything that everyone's already discussed. Uh, obviously, I have some shopping to do, some some uh, retail therapy to perform. Buy some oil? Uh, I don't need any oil, but and, and, and let me also take the opportunity to publicly, once again, well, publicly thank you for your assistance earlier in the week. I had a couple of oxygen tanks That's right, that, yeah. that needed some, uh, that needed a look-see, needed some servicing. And, Jack, you were kind enough to... Uh, to handle the schlepping uh, and, and whatnot of that, and yeah. I, I very much appreciate it. Well, you're very welcome. I simply welcome. did not have time. I know you didn't, and, I, and regardless, I was happy to take them up there. I, I literally was a, a porter. I carried them up there. I dropped them off. You did, a, you did a valiant job of trying to brief me on how to talk to these people about what it is you wanted, and I pretty quickly said, I have no idea what, you, what the answer to this question is, so I put you guys on the phone, and you figured it out. But, yeah, uh, we, we got it done. I'm glad to help. And I'm, I'm looking forward glad to, to, help. Uh, yep. to uh, seeing the results later today. So... so. Uh, and I'm going to make one more pass to the radio station where I've been holing up all yeah. week. Oh, you're, uh, you're going to go back. Sorry. The, I, I, yeah, the St. Cloud State University students who run that have done such a fabulous oh, job. Yeah. Yeah. Just we, fabulous. We've got, we got two of them here have been helping us all morning long, running the board and giving us little uh, time cues and, and so forth, and, and we really appreciate that. And but, lots uh, of hand signals. Yeah. Anything else? I don't know. It's uh, it's been a, a long Some week, a short week. It's uh, it's you know, air venture. The end of air venture is always like this. It's like, you know, it's what's the old say? No, I can't do that on the radio. Never mind. Well, we'll do this on the podcast when we just record it. It's a distribute. it's a bittersweet. It is a bittersweet uh, thing. Uh, it's okay. a. You know, it's like something else. You know, it's like I, I never get all I want, but sometimes I get all I can stand, and uh, and that's very much what uh, air venture is like for me. So uh, it's always a lot of fun. We uh, I just got a couple minutes left here, um, and and we not enough time to give people the thanks that they deserve. But let us just take a couple minutes to uh, it's to a thank. Long, long list. It is a long, long list. As as Amy alluded to a minute ago, a huge thanks to our friends at EAA Radio uh, for all the help that they give us. Uh, uh, Tommy and and Jim and everybody who volunteers over there have been spectacularly friend friendly and supportive of us um, over the years, and uh, and we're very very grateful. Um, I, you know, and just one example of that is when they when their building was retired, the old building they had up on the flight line. 
we loved standing on that deck every Sunday morning, every, every year at, at AirVenture. Um, and we were just, just heartbroken when they were going to tear down that building. And I just kept, kept poking at Jim and Tommy, and I said, we really like being on the flight line. We really liked it. And they made this thing happen out here out on their announcer and, and, stand. And this very, is, it's very much appreciated. Yeah. You guys do a great job, and, and we're very, very so, appreciative you let us come here and spend time with you. Thank you to all of our friends at EA Radio. Um, thank you to everybody at, at the EAA staff um, who are, are so welcoming to us here and uh, over the years have, have done some very touching and nice things to, for us. Um, you know, and you just can't even begin to name names. Rick Reynolds is, of course, our, our boss and our friend here at the newspaper. Um, Charlie Becker, our great, great friend. Um, Dick Nepinski helps us out all the time. And, and, and know, Jack Pelton. And Jack Pelton. All the way has, to the top. He, he's you know, been very supportive. For someone who's just way up there at the top of this organization, yeah. he's just a regular person and meets us with whenever we ask and, and, and fills us in and is, is, is remarkably frank about the situations and uh, a, a great leader of EAA um, as far as I'm concerned. So thank you to everybody on EAA staff um, who, who have uh, helped us out over the years. James Winbrandt. Thanks for being with us again. Always uh, all, a pleasure to be in the is, hangar or up on the flight deck. Yeah, yeah. and thanks for the music. Uh, that was a, a yes, lot of fun. Always and, a pleasure. Uh, Thank but, you. But uh, we need to set you the goal of uh, a new Air Venture song yes, for next 2015. Year. Everybody be... can take a year off every so often. Yeah, so. no, no, that's perfectly fine, you know. But uh, And we'll, we'll talk about that album. We'll do the album. Right, all right. Oh, an Air Venture album. I can't wait. I know, huh? Uh, Amy Laboda, thanks so much for uh, joining with us. Uh, you've never been able to be with us on Sunday morning because of your old responsibilities, but now that you've morphed into the new, improved Amy Lavota. <laughs> uh, you know, I've been giving her. I've been teasing her about this all week long. She, you've Amy giving, is you've so been giving much, her what? I, I don't know. You've I didn't giving her. Something? I think I was careful and didn't say anything that won't go on AM radio. Um, they, uh, Amy's got a new role here this year, and she's kind of morphed into more of a freelance person, and it's kind of changed the way she experiences their venture, and it's par- very apparent in her smile and her exactly. and her, her, her relaxed manner and uh, more so. smiles per mile than I've seen uh, from her in recent years. Yeah. I am one happy girl. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to Jeff Ward, uh, uh, not only for being with us here this morning, but for all of the help that he gives us on the podcast. He does a job that's very very important and but had a tendency in the old days to get neglected, and, and he does a terrific job at it. Thank you, Jeff. We really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, he's not here, but he's here in spirit. He's on our mind. Um, um, he, we've been thinking about Dave and Annie Higdon all week long, um, and, uh, and, uh, and that's certainly not going to change. Um, he's a big part of what has made this podcast what it has become. Um, he's not here physically, but he's here, and we thank him so, so much. Uh, Jeb Burnside, thanks so much. It's always fun. It's always a pleasure. Should we come back and meet here again next year? I think we don't have a whole lot of choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Jack Hodgson. Jeb, was there something you wanted to there say to us? There was something, and I'm not going to do it correctly or as well, but I just wanted to simply add, time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. And that's right. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. You're listening to the voice of EAA, EAA Radio. This episode of Uncontrolled Airspace is made possible by the support of our generous listeners. For over seven years, we've been thrilled to enjoy the financial support and useful feedback of our awesome listeners. For information on how you can join the conversation in our forums, put something in the UCAP tip jar, or even become an underwriter of a UCAP episode, visit the UCAP homepage at uncontrolledairspace.com.